When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, a robot. I'm here with Sam. And Sam, if I was to tell you today that there was a brand new game where you could be this badass captain of your own spaceship, uh, have awesome companions, travel to really cool worlds, scan them for resources, uh, have some really cool combat that includes some sort of like space magic at some point. What would you think about that? I know that. That's that's Garfield, a space lasagna, right? That's uh, no. I mean, yes, yes. But that's not the one I was thinking about. There's another game. And I don't know if you've played it yet. Starmfeld. Starmfeld. Garfield. Garfield. Mm, I see where you're going. Uh, President James A. Starfield. <laughs> so today there was a there's a big game that launched. Starfield just came out. It sold over six million copies in like the last week, and it has some really interesting similarities to Mass Effect. And so Sam and I decided that we're gonna have this episode, and we're gonna talk about does Starfield appeal to a Mass Effect audience? Would people who like Mass Effect like Starfield? What are the similarities? What are the differences? Both of us have been spending many hours in the game so far. And Sam, I'm, I'm excited to get your your viewpoints on this. I know you've gone through and set up some, some points of uh, similarities and differences that you want to talk about, but I have a feeling this conversation is just going to end up all over the place with their own stories and things. So Just like Starfield and just like Mass Effect. Just, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Who knows where it'll take us. Yeah, we've been doing the show long enough with our um, patrons to find out that like everybody's got their own version of a story for the way things worked out and how it, how it made them feel and all of that. So let's just jump into this. Why don't you, why don't you kick us off? I, I'm just going off the show notes a little bit. We're, we're just heading off into space somewhere. You have a point here about something that's very similar between the two games that you think people will like. Where do you want to start? Sure. Okay. So if you're listening to this, not if you're driving, <laughs> close your eyes and remember when you first played Mass Effect 1, that feeling of Anderson is now stepping down as the captain of the Normandy. The Normandy is now yours. And you can go anywhere in the galaxy. You don't have to go do the main quest. You could go to, you know, the Artemis Tau cluster and just see what you can do. Oh my gosh, what is this? I can land on a planet. And then you land on the planet and you're like, I don't know what to expect. And you get out of the space, you get out of the Normandy or you maybe you step out of the Mako and you look around and it's completely untamed. And for a second, you really feel like an astronaut. You can hear that that hum of the, you know, the the simulated vacuum of space noise. Uh You can, you know, see all these landscapes that are totally alien. The sky maybe looks orange or red and it's wonderful. It's it's by definition awesome. Um, That is what I felt when I first got past the intro of Starfield. 
Yeah. So if you if you haven't jumped into Starfield yet and you're worried about spoilers, we're not going to talk about anything that's spoilery beyond just like, I don't know, the first few hours of the game, like the first five or ten hours. And it's a huge game. And so we're not going to go into like long term main story plot stuff. We might share some anecdotes about like this happened when I landed on some random planet and that kind of thing. So don't worry, it's not too spoiler heavy. Uh, But we do have to mention some of the early parts of the game like you did. You get a ship. Somebody else gives you the ship. You fly off, you land on some other planet, and then you get out and you walk around and you go through some main quest line where enemies show up and you got to shoot them. And then you got to find out what's actually going on there. And then there's space magic. Right? There is space magic. Yes, that is a thing as well. You know, I thought it was also a pretty important point to note that not only is there this free level of exploration, but the story of Starfield starts very similar to the story of Mass Effect 1 in as much as, like you said, you inherit a ship from a guy and then you go and there's space magic in Mass Effect 1 that meant for Eden Prime you know there was this uh, beacon with uh, space magic it was Prothean beacon but it gave you a vision of the future right and and it was specifically a vision the space magic gives you a vision and this happens in Starfield also and you don't know what it means at yeah. first yeah. right so part of the game is finding out what that means and how you are in this role now as a special person like you are inherently special because you touched the space magic right right now some people are gonna be like oh man did bethesda just like steal the entire concept of this game from mass effect uh no there are some plot points that are similar but it takes you in very different directions once you go from there so similar starting point very different uh plot afterwards yes and bethesda previously i think it it may have been the todd father who called it nasa punk style yes i think that accurately encompasses the feeling of starfield at least from the very get-go whereas mass effect is more star trek punk you know yeah, what I mean? yeah 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 even with the alien races and things like that so that's one of the differences here is that most i mean basically everybody you're talking to is human or a robot and that's kind of it, at least, well, without getting too much into the details. Most people are humans or robots. Um, there are creatures on planets that are alien creatures, but they're not sentient. And uh, Mass Effect is very different from the beginning. You're walking around among among many different alien races, trying to understand who they are, what their deal is, all of that stuff. So that part is very different. So if that's one of the main things you're into is living in a universe with multiple alien species that you can talk to and can become your cam- companions and things like that, then that this doesn't deliver in that same kind of way. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say. But I also think that if any of our listeners have played previous Bethesda games, they wouldn't be expecting that because that's not really Bethesda's jam. I mean, the closest thing you can get to is Fallout with like ghouls and super mutants. And sometimes you can talk to those or, or just people who are mutated in weird ways. But it's not exactly the same thing as like, here's an alien race. Right. And and more specifically, having those well written character studies in the different squad mates that you can get. That is not so much of the focus of Starfield. It is there, but it's not, you know, it's not like having your squad in Mass Effect where you are deeply invested in their own progression as well as yours. So it's not it's not like that in that regard. And if you're going to go into Starfield looking for that, you may get a little bit disappointed because it's not like Mass Effect in that regard. Yeah. Also, we don't have a trilogy of games to follow through like a through line from game to game here. Um, There are characters. Let's let's can we can we pivot to that? There are interesting characters. Uh, They're romanceable. They all have opinions you can bring one of them at a time unless it's a mission that somebody else just naturally comes with you. Um, But you can bring one of them out, uh, out into the world to do things. They will definitely respond to your decisions and tell you if they like things or they didn't like things. They will ask to talk to you afterwards when certain things happen and you can dig into who they are. Like, for example, this is a fun example. Uh, Sarah, the lady who leads Constellation, which is the organization that you become a part of in order to explore the universe, is kind of she's got this like very proper British accent. She seems very put together, kind of meticulous kind of person. 
But when you actually get to know her a little bit, you find out that she's got kind of a fun side, too. She used to play in a band in college. And no, she wasn't the lead singer. She was the drummer. Like, that's awesome stuff. It's the same kind of thing that you learn about your companions in Mass Effect once you get past that out, like the assumptions of the external exterior thing when you actually get to know them a little bit. And unlike Mass Effect, this has, in my opinion, better random background NPC encounters. So there are a few of those in Mass Effect, like Conrad Werner. He's arguably a background NPC. But uh, here's here's one example. When I was playing yesterday, I was just going around between planets and like I have an outpost on one planet. So I, I get there. Its name is Crete. It's a very icy planet. And, and you get there and you're first in orbit. So I'm I'm in orbit and I'm about to pull the trigger to just go land on this planet. And then I see that a ship is passing me by and it's trying to hail me. So it's sending a communication to me. And it sounds like this sweet little nice old lady. And she's like, (laughs) hi, honey. (laughs) Would you like to come over for dinner? (laughs) And I was like, what the hell is that? Grandma, what are you doing? (laughs) and, And I look at the ship's name and the ship just says grandma. That's all it says. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, first of all, normally these random encounters involve space pirates and would be hostile off the get go. So I'm a little bit on edge, right? Because there's a seemingly nice, sweet old grandma who's inviting me me over for dinner. And I'm thinking, well, wait a second. I'm dinner. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. That's me. Right. Yeah. Um, so then I, I land on there and I get on. I dock with her ship and I get on. And it looks like an old grandmother's like house. There's like food and oven mitts places and like, uh-huh. you know, there's nice little paintings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like I go talk with her and I find out that her husband has passed away and she's retired and she's using some of the money, the inheritance to go travel between the different planets to see her grandchildren. Uh, but she's not well off by any means. So you can choose to just take her food and take her at the offer for dinner and then leave. Or you can say, Hey, you know what? Here's some credits. Uh And by the way, that's another thing that's similar to mass effect. They're called credits. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's all just wholesome. Like there's nothing, like nothing bad happens. I expected a knife in the back as soon as I was walking out, but that was not what happened. At least for me, maybe it can go differently. I don't know. And that's one of the most exciting parts of Starfield that you just it's random and it's going to be random for different players. Right, right. And so let's let's compare and contrast that because that is a random encounter when you just picked a planet to go to. Now, when I went to the same planet at the same point in my quest line, I didn't come across grandma. I came across something else. So there are random encounters in space. There's random things that can happen on planets like people can just all of a sudden fly in and land a spaceship somewhere and get out. Maybe they're pirates or maybe there's something else. Um, So much more of Mass Effect is scripted. So even when you pick that strange planet off on the side of the map somewhere to go explore, it's all going to happen basically the same way for everybody who goes and explores that that location. Uh, that's one of the beauties of the Bethesda games is this, like, uh, only a few studios do this. So like Rockstar does it in Red Dead. You've got these like random encounters while you're, you know, riding your horse around the countryside, that kind of thing. Um, and that's part of what makes exploration in this so kind of fun and interesting in a way that goes a step further than Mass Effect does. Yes. And if the technology had been there when Mass Effect 1 came out, I bet you that we would have seen similar things to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it totally fits. It fits the universe in yes, the way they absolutely. write their, their stories and all of that. Absolutely. The, the weird thing is that even though it's different in terms of scripted versus random encounters, it still ends up giving the players something similar in terms of the way that we talk about the game. When Mass Effect players talk with other Mass Effect players about their experiences, they have different experiences because of the choices that you make. Yeah. But when Starfield players talk with other Starfield players, you have different experiences because the game gave you different experiences. Right, right. It wasn't up to your choice, but it was still different. Yeah. Now, I could run into Grandma somewhere in this universe. She might be a random encounter, but it's going to be in a different place at a different time than when you did. Um, so we can share that story later on because it's one of a list of random encounters that can occur. But the list is, seems very, very large. Like, did you come across a ship with 
people, and this is this is fun for Mass Effect reasons too. People who left Earth before grav drives were invented in a colony multi generational ship that now shows up late to the party because this game takes place three hundred years in the future. So they left not knowing that humanity would ever have the technology to travel long distances quickly and now show up and everybody's already here. And they're like, why are there humans here? This is crazy. That is hilarious. And I'm Googling right now exactly what it reminds me of in Mass Effect, the Manswell expedition. You remember we talked about that? Like, yes. Yeah. And we talked yeah. about how he was like a funk player, like Victor Manswell and yeah. the solar system. Right. That's right. right. I remember our callbacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's on he's on the T-shirt we have with all the band names. Yeah. Well, Victor Manswell led an expedition in Mass Effect. And I, I it blanked my mind until you brought this up because it sounds so similar. It was a lost human colony that basically they had left Earth before FTL drives were invented. If I'm remembering this right, I'm, I'm reading while I'm talking to you all, which <laughs> right. is not an easy feat. Uh, but they had left. They departed Earth in 2075. That was 75 years before humanity's discovery of mass relays. So excuse me, not FTL, uh, but mass relays. And before they had contacted other races in the galaxy. So these humans thought that they were like alone. As mm -hmm. far as they knew, they thought that they were alone in the galaxy, aside from the Mars archives, which only was evidence of an extinct race. So then they launch, they lose contact with the expedition, and then it's rediscovered by an Asari team like a hundred years later. Yeah. So yeah. I love that similarity right there. And to the point where I wonder how much of that is a trope and how much of it was like a direct reference, because there are some plausibly deniable Mass Effect references in Starfield. Mm -hmm. Have you caught some yet? Um, I don't I don't know that I've noticed them if I if I've gone through them. But um, OK, so I've noticed a few. OK. And just off the top of my head, number one, terra firma is a thing in Mass Effect. Of course, it is the political party, the pro-human political party, but there's also a trait in your character creator in, in Starfield that's called terra firma. And the uh, terra firma trait, hold on, I can pull it up right here. Let's find it. Yeah, so it says go you've, ahead. Go you've, ahead. you've never acclimated to space. Health and oxygen are an increased when on the surface, but decreased when you're in space. So terra firma, strong yeah. earth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, so things like this, like the concept of like, like it is a really a very real fear in the development of science and exploration that if we do create something like this, like a colony ship that's multi-generational, that within the time that that ship would take to get somewhere else, we would have better technology to then advance. Right. So I don't know if it's a direct reference to the other games so much as this is both this is a concept that exists among scientists that both games are pulling from without necessarily a direct connection or the term terra firma is also a very commonly used phrase that they might be just drawing from the same source rather than each other. There's, but we don't know. There's also a store on one of the planets in mass or in Starfield called Shepherds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. so, so maybe, maybe ultimately that's a reference to Alan Shepard who Commander Shepard was named after the uh, first American in space. Right. Also, Shepard was a name used in uh, Stargate. It was a Commander Shepard also, which. Oh, there we go. But Stargate predates Mass Effect. So that when Mass Effect came out, I was wondering, like, is this a reference? Is this a Stargate reference? But I think it's it's actually more of a religious reference because Jesus being the shepherd and this person being the Christ character of the game, that kind of thing. Um so again, are they cross references or are they just referencing the same original points? I'm not sure. That's a, and it's interesting that you mentioned the whole uh, Jesus complex because Shepard definitely is a Jesus allegory. Um, but I don't think that the player character in Starfield is no like, no, you're yeah. not supposed to, to save everyone. Uh, you're not the savior. You're special, but I don't think you're the savior at least. Well, I haven't finished the game yet, so. I can't I can't speak to that for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's another interesting point. So, OK, so we've got exploration. We've got so we've, uh, this happened exactly the way I thought it would, where we just kind of go from one thing to the next. and We decide side trail. Do you have another point that you think is interesting between the two? Well, yeah, you know, on the on the note of exploration, um, 
at, right after I got past that intro and I was able to go wherever I want, land on any uncharted, uncharted world, there was one time where I landed on this very small moon and it had very low gravity, like one sixth our normal gravity. And that's another thing that different different planets have in yes. Starfield that didn't happen in Mass Effect. There's yeah. different environmental factors where it's not just like being outside for a given amount of time will hurt you. It's more complicated than that. Um, different planets have different day night cycles. Different planets have different levels, levels of gravity. So I was on this very small moon, uh, low gravity and little atmosphere. So it looks like it's always nighttime. And I walked out of my ship and it's just silence. It's the vacuum of space. Uh, and you know, you can see this brilliant sky full of stars. You can see the uh, rings of the Milky Way with the ne you know the uh, dust nebulas jumping around and floating around this this planet because your jetpack carries you so high, yeah, because gravity yeah. is so low. Mm -hmm. And it was just amazing. Like I, I decided to pause the game, put on my Spotify playlist because I have like a playlist of um, sci-fi atmospheric soundtracks. <laughs> And I was putting that on, I was playing that while I was jumping around on this moon and I was like literally doing nothing. You know, I was just wandering around. And then I come across this abandoned robotics facility that was taken over by raiders. Mm -hmm. And I go into the facility and I find that this used to be a robotics facility from one of the main corporations. And then they had to like penny pinch on budgets. So they had to like replace the coffee maker in there for the employees. But the coffee maker, it took four to six weeks to get there because they're in space. So meanwhile, all these employees are extremely strung out in there yeah. and they don't have coffee. And they eventually <laughs> took to reprogramming their robotic assistants so that they can make coffee and corporate <laughs> and the corporate didn't like that. So I don't know exactly what happened with them from there, but that's all just because I decided to go to a random planet. Yeah. Yeah. Another one of those random encounter things. Um, here's another point that I think is really interesting. Uh, and and it, it plays to the difference between NASA punk and Star Trek punk, like you were saying before. In Star Trek and in Mass Effect, you can send messages in long at long distance from one place to another. There's some somehow they're taking communication frequencies and moving them faster than light. That's a thing. In Starfield, that doesn't happen. In order to get message from one planet in one star system to another planet in another star system, you have to send a ship with a person. That's the fastest way to communicate. You send a, per you send a ship, the ship makes a grab jump, and then communicates to whoever it needs to communicate to tell them whatever. But you have to have that grab jump to happen. So there are legitimate places in space where you can just be out in the middle of nowhere. And if nobody comes by and can't hear your radio signals because they're not close and radio signals like actual light speed is not really that fast on the scale of stars and planets from each other, then you're just stuck. So you come across people who are just abandoned in these locations or you the quest line says, OK, you need to tell this person something. But you can't just pick up the radio and send a radio signal because that would take hundreds of years to get from one place to another. So you grab jump and then you go talk to them. And the way that changes the dynamic of the information and the way the plot plays out is interesting because it it creates a different set of tension and. Uh, limitations that something like Mass Effect doesn't have. Did you notice that? Yeah, in Mass Effect, they have the extranet and they have FTL combos. But like, for example, I was doing this one quest where I was helping this unaffiliated uh, group of free settlers, and they were relying on a series of basic satellites mm -hmm. to communicate with each other. And when spacers, these um, you know space mercenaries, decided to attack them, they knocked out just a couple of space satellites, and they were completely in the dark. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like an FTL combo. It's not like the extranet uh, in Mass Effect. It is much earlier in the maturity of space travel than Mass Effect is. Right, right. So it creates this interesting, more like Wild West kind of scenario. Which yeah, I, I was I, I was thinking of it in terms of like 1700s or 1600s traveling across an ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Extremely risky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once so. you get to another port, you're safe, at least at that port. But even then, 
how law is handled at that port is dependent on the governance of that location that you were at. It's very different. It's not like there's a I mean, there is there are large governing bodies, but it's not the same way as as things work in Mass Effect, where if you're part of a certain race, then you have a certain governing body and everything's under the same thing. And and the laws work the same no matter how far you are from the capital city. Most of the time, that's the case. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit more. Yeah, Wild West or or exploratory, you know, across the ocean kind of kind of stuff. And speaking of legality and morality for that point, um, I definitely have a lot to say about that. But our, our, maybe we should talk about that after the mid break. Sure. Sure. Actually, yeah. Now's a good time to take the mid break. We got to go thank our patrons. So we'll be right back because we clearly have some more details to go over about things that you may like about Starfield or not like, depending on, you know, your Mass Effect experience. So we'll be right back. Message coming in. Patching it through. All right, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am sovereign, and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. If you'd like to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. We don't have any new patrons this week, but we do have to shout out our Shepherd tier patrons, Kokushins, Edboy, Kirasi, Lieutenant Ticino, and William. Thank you so much for your support and to all 64 of our current patrons. Thank you for being here and continuing to support the show and making this thing a thing that we can keep doing. We really do appreciate it. Also, if you would like to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, then that would be amazing. Five star reviews will read out in the future. We don't have any new ones this week of that either, but you're welcome to do that. That's a wonderful way to let people know what they're going to get if they listen to our show. And you can also rate the show on Spotify or leave little comments on some of the individual episodes and that kind of thing. So lots of different ways to help support us because we couldn't do this without you. So we appreciate it a lot. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, we're back. And Sam, you said you you had some other details you wanted to clue us into. Yes. So the legal system of Starfield is unlike anything that exists in Mass Effect. This is one of those points that I can't find um, a similar gameplay mechanic really at all. And maybe that's something that you'll like, because in Starfield you can steal you can commit murder (laughs) you can do these things you can get contraband and try and smuggle it onto a planet 
and that's an established game mechanic. It's it's put there not because like you're not doing what you're supposed to do. No, like that's a legit avenue to play the game with being a pirate, smuggling contraband or murdering people or that the game allows you to play that way. Whereas in Mass Effect, the moral system of Renegade and Paragon, even if you're hardcore Renegade, you really can only be like a supreme dick toward the end. Um, <laughs> you're not evil. You're just a jerk. <laughs> y- well, yeah. I mean, like some of the things that you would do as a hardcore renegade are construably evil, but not nearly to the same extent as Starfield. Like, yeah, yeah. it's almost like the renegade in Mass Effect is still lawful evil at some points. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're evil, but only with like certain significant choices. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not chaotic. It's not just like, well, screw this guy. I'm going to pick his pocket just because I don't like him. <laughs> like, you can't you know do that. I'm just going to put a grenade in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, fine. Yeah, I'll tell you to your face that. Yeah, yeah. OK, yeah, we're good. Everything's fine. No hard feelings. And as soon as he turns his back, I'm going to stick a grenade in his pocket and watch him pop. Like, you can't do that in Mass Effect. You can tell him no, to his not- face that you hate his guts, you know. And then just go yes. or punch them when you when you disagree. <laughs> but like that's a very different kind of it's more it, it, it that's why the labels make sense in Mass Effect because it's more renegade than it is just like truly nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like um, it's more like evil politician or maybe uh, like you know <laughs> just guy who who has too much power but ultimately you don't doubt his intentions. Whereas like Starfield is like you can be a psychopath. Uh, Absolutely. And your crew will respond. Have you have you attacked a ship that your crew was not happy with you attacking? Uh, not yet. Okay. Not yet. So I've got a story. One time I was flying back into. So I, I got to a pirate place. I found some contraband. I picked it up and I was like, I know there's a contraband mechanic as you land or try to get to a planet in one of the settled systems. They'll scan you. And if they notice the contraband, then they hail you and they're like, hey, you got crap on your ship. You, you need to get rid of it or pay a fine or whatever, or we're going to have to blow you up. And there was there's not very many glitches in this game. It's the best, most polished Bethesda game launch ever. But I happened to have something else happen as I got into orbit and they tried to hail me at the same time. And some confusion of button presses or whatever meant that I canceled being hailed by the authorities. And they were like, oh, you want to play like that, huh? Open fire. And then everybody starts shooting at me. And so I quickly spun up my my grab drive, warped away and then continued along with my quest instead of dealing with the situation, which means two hours later when I'm trying to like land at one of these other planets there. Every time I come in, they're like, oh, it's you again. Kill him. And I was just like. How do I get rid of the wanted? How do I deal with this? And eventually was able to hail one of the ships and then pay the fine and and took care of it. But that doesn't happen in Mass Effect. That's not a thing. No, you get away with some pretty heinous things in Mass Effect because there is no legal system for you. Because as a player, that makes sense because you're the specter. Yeah, you're, you're above, above the law. You're above the law. So the other thing that happened is one of the things I temp- attempted doing in order to get out of this was like there was one. I flew to multiple different systems to see if I could get somebody to hail me. One of the systems only had one of the like ships that wanted to attack me. And I was like, okay, what happens if I just blow it up? We're out here in the middle of nowhere. Do people know that I killed them? Does that like clear my wanted level? What happens, right? So I attack it and blow it up immediately. Everybody on my ship is like, we need to talk right now. That is unacceptable. Like everybody hated my guts because everybody (laughs) who I happen to have on my ship was of the morally upstanding perspective that you don't blow up, you know, authority figures like police officers or whatever. Um, So I had to reload and then try it again. Uh, So, yeah, that doesn't happen in Mass Effect because you can just do whatever you want. Everyone's like, well, he's a specter. So I guess he can do what he wants. Which it kind of brings me to my next point that the ships in in Starfield are, are similar to but very different from Mass Effect, both in terms of technology. But but I want to focus on gameplay in in Starfield. You are like the captain of your own vessel, just like Mass Effect. Uh, you're not military, but uh, you do have the capability of getting more than one ship which is not something you can do in Mass Effect. You can customize them too. Something I always wanted to do 
in Mass Effect. Yeah, but yeah. you can't. And you can you can get ships as quest rewards. Sometimes you can get really badass ships with really cool stats, and and the way they look is really cool. Um, you you can other have, times you can get really ass bad ships. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's yes. Uh, you can have multiple ships in your fleet. You can send different companions to to work on multiple ships or outposts. You can have up to like eight or nine outposts on different locations and planets and moons that can then mine materials and do stuff over there or research things. Uh, there's a whole other segment into this, like living into the world thing. But to your point of uh, you're not a specter, but there are other uh, groups that you can join. So one of them, so for example, is the uh, United Colonies Vanguard, where you take on a role of like a, uh, what's the, I don't know the best way to ex- explain it. You're not in officially like volunteer in the military, fighter. but you're, yeah, you're like volunteer military. So you're using your own ship and your own resources, but now you're working for them, solving disputes and doing those kinds of things. So you can work yourself into different roles for different organizations where you kind of work as that kind of person, but not with the same kind of open clearance that a specter would have. No, no, I don't. So it is. Yeah, you're right. It is different. And I like the fact that you have the freedom of joining factions. Another thing that didn't exist in Mass Effect, because to some degree, your story in Mass Effect needs to be constricted to you are in the Alliance, you or you are part of Cerberus and you are a Spectre because it gives it some some format, which for Mass Effect's uh, series of games is necessary because everything's scripted to a degree. It's I like mean, it's just it's like you're playing scripts. through a uh, choose your own adventure novel. Like Mass Effect feels more like a choose your own adventure novel where everything's written and you just have to pick your path through the story. Yes. Right? Starfield has some of that. You can do the choose your own adventure novel of like the main quest line or the the different groups that you join and their quest lines. But there's imagine that also having a bunch of blank sheets of paper where you can just make up whatever you want. I think that's yeah, that's the analogy, I guess. Yeah, I think so as well. And also imagine that in the Starfield choose your own adventure book, it's like every other page is like, hey, you can go to page two or 64. It doesn't matter. Knock right. yourself out. Right. Yeah. Pick one, pick one and then maybe come back and do the others. So um, this yeah. I, th- I feel like this connects to who you are in Mass Effect. You are very specifically a certain person with a few background choices. You have a little bit of that. You can kind of sculpt and shape who you are and that affects some of the way the story plays out. Right. Like people respond different differently to you, you have different things in common with different companions or whoever. Uh, but in Starfield, your background is like there's a whole list of things, but then you can always just mentally make stuff up. <laughs> you could just be like, I'm this background, but now I'm just going to be a pirate and I'm not going to do any of the main quest at all. And I'm just going to do terrible things and steal everyone's ships and and whatever. Uh, you can go totally off the rails in a way that you can't in Mass Effect. Definitely. Um, in Mass Effect, you can choose from three different uh, psychological profiles and three different backgrounds. So that's a total of nine permutations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Starfield, I don't know how many different backgrounds there were to choose from. I want to say it was over 10. Um, yeah, it feels, and like, then you it feels get, like about 15 or 16, maybe. And then you get to choose some starting traits, which can be good and bad. They have both the benefit and the negative to them. So I like this because this was, in my opinion, the first time I've noticed a Bethesda game, a new Bethesda game that did not simplify from the previous latest single player release in terms of character creation. Yeah. For a long time, they had a streamlining process from like from Morrowind to Oblivion, Oblivion to Skyrim, from Fallout 3 to New Vegas, New Vegas, or I'm sorry, New Vegas was Obsidian, but from Fallout 3 to 4. Right, right. And for the most part, they streamlined over time. Uh, this is something Lotus and I talked about on the most recent Elder Scrolls Lorecast uh, was the differences in that and the way that it, it's almost like the pendulum went too far in one direction is swinging back the other way back to more RPG focused. Yes. And so that's exciting for new Elder Scrolls games. But if you uh, to back to the Mass Effect players perspective, if you ever played through a Mass Effect game and thought, you know, it'd be really cool to be somebody other than Shepard. This is the kind of game where you you can kind of get that experience because you can be like, well, I'm going to I'm going to just pick my path. And the traits that you mentioned, the the, there's backgrounds and then there are traits you can choose. And some of those have titles as well. So like the ones that give you like three skills, I think those are called traits, right? Um, 
or no, the background gives you three skills and then there's traits. But some of the things you choose actually play out in the game later on in conversation choices. So, for example, I picked Ronin as my background and uh, the first time that gets mentioned is in the very beginning part of the game where she you talk to the lady who's running your mining group who you're, you're a miner and she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you were you came from this lifestyle and things have changed for you or something like that. Um, so that and it plays out in the conversations too. like if you pick a, like you're from the Freestar Collective, then if you meet somebody else from Freestar Collective, you can have a very specific piece of dialogue that allows you to say something that you otherwise wouldn't be able to say. So that's kind of similar. I, I had an experience like that. This woman was running for my bounty hunter because she had some cargo that she didn't realize was stolen, but it was stolen. And the only reason that I could tell her to do this one thing about like giving the cargo back would be the only way to get bounty hunters off her trail for good was because I was level two commerce. Mm -hmm. uh, I had level two commerce skill. And, and without that, I wouldn't have been able to say that to her. So so the dialogue based conversation choices based off of your backgrounds and your skills is very cool. And it does make it feel tailored. And that's why I think your analogy of um, if you ever wanted to play Mass Effect as a different kind of person, not Shepard, not a Spectre, then you'll probably enjoy Starfield because I've heard a lot of Mass Effect players say that they thoroughly enjoyed Mass Effect 3 multiplayer because they could be a, a variety of different people with different skills and they hope that the next Mass Effect is like that. So message to you all that if you haven't played Starfield yet, you might enjoy it. Yeah, you might. Now, don't listen to this episode and be like, man, they must be paid. This must sounds like an, a paid advertisement. We're not paid. I didn't even get an early copy of the game, even though the Starfield Lorecast is like number four in Apple's video game podcasts right now. Like the show's doing great. Somehow, I don't know if my application slipped through the cracks or whatever. I, I didn't get anything from Bethesda for this game. This is just Sam and I talking about, hey, we've been playing this game. It's a lot of fun. And we think that there are similarities here. So maybe people from Mass Effect who are patiently waiting for another Mass Effect game. If you're looking for something else to do for a little while, this might be a lot of fun for you. So don't yeah, don't take this the wrong way. Avoid. Yeah, it might help fill the void. And if you're looking to fill other voids that you can in Mass Effect, I have to say that you won't be able to fill those in Starfield. That's right. If you're wanting to bang aliens, um, I don't think that I've discovered a way to do that in Starfield. Give the modding community a little time. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, I but I don't I don't think that it would be wise to even try to bang most of the aliens in Starfield. You might lose an appendage that way. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, and that's just something that you're probably going to be disappointed about if you're all hot and bothered. And that's why you pick up Starfield. I could imagine. OK, so one of the other things that this game does really well, it's a Bethesda game. So they have the ability to mod the game and support for modding and that kind of stuff is going to roll out. There are already six pages last time I looked on the Nexus mods site of just mods that people have listened. Each page has like, I don't know, 60 mods on it or whatever. People have already been modding this game a ton. There's there's conversation on modding discords about full conversions to Starfield for things like Star Wars or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if something like Mass Effect 1 isn't on somebody's list of, oh my God, what if we modded this game so you could play through Mass Effect 1 in this engine? And that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up about this before we wrap up the episode. The sheer scale of this game. In Mass Effect 1, I was very disappointed that I was so that I would I did all of the side planets, all those uncharted worlds, everything there was to do. And then I was done and it felt like, wait, that was it. And now especially that games have gotten bigger when I go back and play Mass Effect 1, it's a very short game. There's yeah. and by very short, I mean like 40 hours. Yeah, relatively I'm, short in by comparison. I'm 40 hours into Starfield right now, and I'm fairly sure that if I were to guess, I'm about 5% done with the game, maybe. There's a thousand planets that you can land on, right? Only a small percentage of those has is viable for life. But that doesn't mean that those planets that are not viable for life don't have things to do on them. They yeah. do. Yeah. And um, um, uh, to Smorden in chat's point that full conversion mods rarely ever get released. That's true. Um, we're still waiting for things like Sky Oblivion for Skyrim, which is now 12 years old to be finished. They have a release date. They're getting close to launch. But that's the other thing about this game. To your point, it's it's so massive. There's so much to do with it. And there are so many. It's so flexible in that that if somebody if a team of people were to work on 
putting Mass Effect into this universe, and it took them five, ten years, we're still going to enjoy that in five or ten years. This is going to be one of those games people are playing, like the Mass Effect series, like Skyrim, a decade after now. So, I, I don't. I'm not. I also think I'm not too worried about that. It's just wouldn't take have time. to be a total conversion mod. What if someone just built the Citadel? Yeah, and they made yeah. it a space station or just uh, and, or lots of modders know. just did individual pieces like they create companions based on companions from Mass Effect. They create locations or planets based on locations and planets from Mass Effect. And then eventually somebody scripts in all the quest lines. And now you've got all the pieces all coming together through multiple mods. It only took like, what, 24 hours after early access for someone to build the Normandy in um, in yeah. the ship creator right. in, 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 in Starfield. Yeah. So or, or the Millennium Falcon or the Magic School Bus. Did you see that one? Yes, I did. Did you see Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you can build anything. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if you want to be a biotic god and be able to ride around in the magic school bus, yeah. <laughs> then you can do that. Right. Or biotics. Like, I, I could totally see somebody in the next year modding in biotic abilities into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yep. all of that. Or, or the, skins for different be, races in the character creation. So now you could play as an Asari or whatever you wanted to. I can totally see that happening because that would just be like a texture thing that they got to do. Yeah. And with the resolution of the textures for characters faces in this, that doesn't seem too far off that you'd be able to do that. And it also doesn't seem too far off that you could be able to use biotics because there's already variable gravity physics mm -hmm. in this game. Yep. And that's essentially all of what biotics is. Right. The space magic is fundamentally gravity magic. It, in both games so that part's really cool too yeah like man there's so much you could do there's so much you could do uh random encounters they could mod in random encounters from alien species <laughs> like whoever i mean just pick a random garris yeah garris shows up in his ship or you know the biotic god shows up and is like he's like out of my way i'm a biotic god and you're like oh god who did i just run into this is amazing That'd be horrifying. A Volus in Starfield's engine. I think I'd cry. That would be so cool. That'd be so cool. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of potential here. Uh, any any other things that we kind of haven't covered yet that you think would be? Interesting? You know, I think it's just it. I think the best way to sum this up for Mass Effect players is if you want a, a similar story set in space, but earlier in the maturity of space development, where you can be any kind of person, and that's kind of something that you lamented that you couldn't do in Mass Effect, but you also enjoyed the exploration of Mass Effect 1, and less so in 2 and 3. If, you, if that's you, then I, then I implore you that you should go check this game out, because I think you'll like it. Yeah, I think there's a large crossover of people and, and that doesn't even take into consideration that like this isn't a fantasy game. It's, a, it's simply a space game. Like if one of the reasons why you really like Mass Effect is because of space and sci-fi stuff, this has space and sci-fi stuff. It's got really cool science. It has research labs that are researching stuff. It has storylines about discovering the grav drive and how to get you know faster than light travel. And maybe there's other intelligences out in the universe. And what does that actually mean? A lot of the topics and a lot of that focus, there's there are parallels. And so if that's the kind of stuff that you just you just eat up, I really think that a lot of the fan base is going to like both games. You know what just came to mind? The amount of people that have reached out to our show, either on Discord or Twitter, and said, hey, I want to know more about what happened to Earth after yeah. 21, some 2100 something and the Ameri the second American Civil War in Mass Effect. And, and I got to say, first of all, that's only very shortly referenced in a couple of codex entries from the Kasumi DLC. So we'll get to that at one point in this show. But if that really interested you the human geopolitics of before mass effect one happened i think you'll really love this one because a lot of those same same themes are what this entire lore is based off of in starfield yeah yeah the similarities there uh also if you just want to if you wish in mass effect you could go back to the soul system and land on venus or mars soul system the soul system <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um, Victor Manswell. Yeah, man, Manswell in the soul, soul system. Uh, he plays bass for sure. Um, 
yeah. but any any other thoughts? I, I think we've I think we've hit most of the some. I mean, there's even just the combat, like the gunplay is cool, is fun. Some of the weapons feel kind of similar to some of the weapons in Mass Effect. Yeah, it's not a third person cover based shooter like Mass Effect is. Right. But you can play in third it's, person. You can scroll out and you can definitely play in third person. Yes, and third person looks great. Yeah. It's the best third person gameplay in any Bethesda game I've ever seen. Um, so I don't really want to spoil too much more about Starfield. And I, I think that we've hammered the point home about how it's similar <laughs> and how it's different from Starf- yeah. Prepare, Starfield. Prepare to get all the uh, messages and emails about you guys are just shills. This was clearly sponsored. No, yeah, this whatever. is, this is just can, passion. We just love games, guys. Come on. They can kiss my carapist ass. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, we hope you're having fun playing whatever games you're playing. If you don't want to jump to Starfield, that's totally cool. We just thought it was fun and thought maybe you'd, you'd be interested to find out if it's something you might be like be interested in playing as well. Uh, Sam, I'm sure you got stuff going on. Yes, indeed, I do. Um, in fact, right after we're done recording this, I'm going to go play some more Starfield. Um, <laughs> but no, I am uh, I am trying to stream more Mass Effect. So the past couple of weeks have been a little dicey with uh, you know friends of mine and family coming to visit and juggling a long distance relationship. But I promise, uh, give me a follow on Twitch, and you will begin to see notifications for my personal canon playthrough. So if you've ever been listening to this show and you thought, okay, you know what, Legend is making a good argument for a lot. Of different topics but what does he really think <laughs> then you should go follow me uh in seven the legend on twitch and twitter i refuse to call it x <laughs> it's, yeah it's never gonna be x uh yes also thank you for tuning in if you want more starfield content the starfield lorecast is is a podcast that i do with a different host but sam's gonna join us in uh next week right you're gonna be on on the 14th yeah yeah. yeah, so I'll be talking all Starfield all the time there. Probably a few Mass Effect references, too. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be going over different people's perspectives on things. It's going to be another lore show very similar to the Mass Effect lore cast. But because the game is so new, we're giving people time to acclimate and learn things and discover things on their own for the first month. And then we'll de- dive deeper into the, the lore stuff. So for the first few episodes this month, it's going to be kind of kind of light on that uh but that's that's available you can find links at robotsradio.net you can of course join me on stream for this show or other streams like i will be probably playing starfield on streams when i have time to do it so that's twitch.tv slash robots radio and uh thank you for tuning in everybody have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back with another regular episode so don't worry we're talking talking about more stuff mass effect not just starfield see you again soon bye everyone Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.